Welcome to this very special edition of the KAJ Masterclass, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. We have Supreme Court Senior Advocate Vivek Sutsa, the man who coined the expression, the fundamental right to internet. Apart from a very successful law practice spanning three decades, Sousa is a prolific writer with six books behind him and many more to come. His books are pioneering works on the subjects he chooses to write on. His latest book, Progress of Indian Economy, Legislative Proactivism, since 2015 has been published by Thomson Reuters. Let's learn more about the book from the distinguished legal eagle himself. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. Thank you for bringing me on this platform. So, how does it feel that your book has now been released? This is my sixth book in my career of three decades in the legal profession. It gives you immense satisfaction when the book uh, comes into your hands. So, you know, the, the hard work one puts in, the research that goes into authoring a book and then translating the thought processes and the research in black and white, you know, it is time consuming. I would burn the midnight oil and it took me about six months to write this book. The book was released by Honorable Minister Sri Hardeep Singh Puri. What was the experience when you met him? Oh, it was a fantastic experience meeting Sri Hardeep Singh Puri, the Honorable Minister of Urban Affairs and Petroleum. You know, he is so articulate. He's a stalwart of Indian polity, you know, and with his, with his background and with his knowledge, it was, it was an amazing experience. We had a good chat over various contemporary issues. I'm fortunate that I could get uh, Shri Hardeep Singh Puri to release my book. Yes, sir. In fact, uh, this book you have associated for, for the foreword with top people like Mr. Tushar Mehta and Mr. Yes. Now, okay. now since you, uh, you know, asked me about the forewords, you know, I'm fortunate that I could get Mr. Tushar Mehta, the Solicitor General of India. You know, he's a top legal eagle. And he represents the government of India day in and day out in the most important matters before the Supreme Court. And I, I would like to, you know, read one passage sure. from his foreword. You know, he says, I am deeply impressed with this work by Vivek. He has demystified complex economic legislations in simple words and free of legal jargon, economists, policymakers, parliamentarians, and activists would find the book interesting and useful. Anyone interested in the above subjects must read this book as it takes the debate on the economic progress in India to a different level. Now, you know, such a passage motivates me to continue with this good work. And, you know, and I must read one passage from the foreword of uh, Dr. Vivek Debroy. You know, he's the chairman of the uh, Honorable Prime Minister's Economic Advisory Council. He's a noted economist, a noted author, a prolific writer. He's a visionary 
you know. So this is what he says in the foreword towards the towards the end, and I must quote. What has Narendra Modi government done since May 2014? Books, papers and articles have been written on this, sometimes going back to government and governance experience in Gujarat. This is a welcome addition to the corpus. Using that prism of economic justice, more could have been said, but then what? The Narendra Modi government and Vivek Sood's books are works in progress in the parlance of grammar. Both refer to the present continuous tense. There will be more. So, you know, look at the beauty of the passage that Dr. Deproy, you know, has, has said in his foreword. And, uh, you know, and I met Dr. Deproy the other day and a very impressive personality. And we spent about an hour again discussing contemporary issues of significance. And, you know, I could see the knowledge in the man. And it was such a pleasure meeting him. And Ajay, I must say, I may not have got the opportunity of meeting him. But for this book, talking about the book itself, tell us about the book in detail. While researching on various legal subjects, I came across this theme and which has been unnoticed. You know, I could see this theme that since 2015, India has progressed by leaps and bounds. In my view, you know, there is hype surrounding the reforms of 1991, but I could see that since 2015, much bigger things have happened in the Indian economy through proactive legislative activism, through proactivism, you know, legislatively. Or for example, I will, I will elaborate more on this. Yes, sir. For example, RERA. Now, RERA resets the equation between home buyers and builders. Home, you know, home buyers were mere street protesters before RERA came into force and the builders had a free run. The builders would draft these one-sided exploitative contracts and home buyers had no option but to sign those contracts, you know, on a, on a dotted line. And the equation was distorted. You know, the, the builder dominated the contract over the home buyers. There was total imbalance, you know, between the builders and the home buyers. Now comes RERA. RERA empowers home buyers, you know, and now for a real estate to be, to take off from the very inception till the delivery of the home, the apartment or the flat, it is regulated by RERA. You know, the contracts are vetted by the authority. Then you come to the Insolvency and Bankruptcy Code of 2016. It's a revolutionary piece of legislation. Prior to 2016, 
the Indian economy was called the debtor's paradise and the creditor's hell. You had so many of these companies, they would take loans from banks, financial institutions, private uh, companies and other, other NBFCs, and they would default with impunity. And the matters would drag on in the courts forever. Now comes the IBC of 2016. Now, if a corporate debtor defaults in a sum of rupees 1 crore or more, the creditor can take that corporate debtor to the NCLT, the National Company Law Tribunal. And within weeks, the incumbent management is shown the door, thrown out of the corporate debtor, thrown out of the company. You may have managed the company for 50 years or 100 years, doesn't matter. Within months, you are thrown out and the company is given to the resolution professionals to run it. And eventually, the committee of creditors will decide the future of the corporate debtor. Bids are invited and the most and the best bid that is found by the committee of creditors, that is decided by the committee of creditors through a democratic process of voting will decide the fate of the corporate debtor. And if no resolution plan is found, then the company is sent to the gallows. In other words, liquidation. So, you know, IBC, IBC, Justice Rohingyan Nariman has said that the Insolvency and Bankruptcy Code of 2016 it restores fairness, justice, and equity in the Indian economy, which was not there in the earlier times. Then you come to legislations like Commercial Courts Act. Right. You know, when I started practice, commercial disputes would take anywhere between 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. We would, we would actually quantify the time in decades not in months or years. Now comes in the Commercial Courts Act, post-2015. Changes the scenario, changes the dynamics of resolution of commercial disputes. What took 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, takes only six months, one year, two years, three years in the, in the commercial courts. And commercial disputes are very widely defined. Again, a revolutionary piece of legislation that leads to progress of the Indian economy. Contract enforcement becomes much more efficient, effective, expeditious, which was lacking in the past. Then, you know, uh, then I have also analyzed the amendments in the arbitration landscape, how the global best practices have been brought into the arbitration law of India. So we have a vibrant arbitration mechanism, alternative dispute resolution mechanism in India today. Then I have gone on to analyze the Fugitive Offenders Act. You know, fugitives, people would defraud, defraud the, you know, the government and the banks and financial institutions, commit white-collar crimes, blue-collar crimes, and run away from the country. 
Now their properties are liable to be confiscated. You come back and face the trial. You will be given a fair trial in India. But you can't leave the country and yet enjoy the assets that you have created in the country. Another, another important piece of legislation that brings in economic justice in India. Then, uh, Ajay, I've gone on to analyze, you know, the amendments in the Prevention of Corruption Act. Right. Now, you know, one may ask me, what is the connect between the Prevention of Corruption Act and the progress of the Indian economy? Earlier on, you know, the public servants had become fearful of taking bold decisions in public interest because they could be prosecuted under the Prevention of Corruption Act for, for giving some illegitimate benefit to any person. Now, that right. illegitimate benefit was so broadly defined that any public servant, any honest public servant could be falsely implicated, which led to a policy paralysis in the Indian economy. Public servants, bureaucrats, they stopped taking decisions, important decisions. Now that those amendments actually free the public servants from the shackles and fear of prosecution. Then Ajay, I've gone on to, you know, analyze the significance of integration of Jammu and Kashmir in 2019 with the Indian economy. You know, the abrogation of Article 370, it's a, it's a, it makes a huge difference to the Indian economy as well as the economy of JNK. Then last but not the least, I have devoted one full chapter to economic justice for the common man. You know, common man was never a stakeholder in the Indian economy in the past. The Indian economy before 2015 was, you know, was only for the corporate, big corporates, corporate honchos, big companies. The common man, I felt, was left out. But now, post-2014-2015, in the Modi era, the common man has found himself to be at the center stage of the Indian economy. For example, Ajay, look at the, look at the significant impact of Jandan accounts. Right. Startup India. Homes for all. Right. You know, the medical insurance of 5 lakhs for the people below the poverty line and in the real world. Ayushman Bharat. Now look at, look at the impact of all these schemes and so many other schemes on the life of the common man. Common man today is empowered. Of course, we have miles to go. You know, today only I read a very important uh, news item in the papers that Mr. Narendra Modi, our Honorable Prime Minister, you know, he was asked by an opposition leader that you have been Prime Minister for two terms. What more do you want? So he gave a very appropriate answer that I am not going anywhere till I accomplish all my targets to uplift the common man, to uplift we the people of India, to uplift the country. So we have miles to go, but I can see green shoots. I can see economic justice for the common man. Now, you know, these, this theme 
this theme caught my attention and therefore i got down to you know write this uh, work and and of course it's for the readers to judge this book ultimately it is the reader who decides the fate of a book but it has been a very satisfying experience authoring this work this is your sixth book now which is the next one okay my next book is on the criminal justice system in india right and you know it it is a book that you know that calls for imperative reforms in the criminal justice system and you know criminal justice is a hot topic every day in the papers you find something you know hot stories you know about criminal about the criminal justice system in india so i have i have uh, you know critiqued the indian criminal justice system and i have made out a case for reforms for legislators and policy makers to consider you know for example uh, ajay section 66a of the information technology act you know that defined and punished hate speech was struck down as unconstitutional by the supreme court in shreya singhal's case now i have redefined section 66a i have redefined hate speech then you know the honorable prime minister has made a statement that the law of sedition under section 124a of the indian penal code will be reviewed by the government of india and the honorable supreme court has put it in abeyance also i think it happened a few days back it it hit the headlines so you yeah. know ajit i have i have redefined sedition what should be the definition of sedition for the indian democracy why should we have a colonial 124a that was legislated before the independence to suppress the independence movement movement but we need a law of sedition so i have redefined the you know concept or the offense of sedition so i hope uh, you know this book will you know catch the attention of the readers and the policy makers as well as the legislators then after that i i am researching for a book on hindutva you know the voice of the supreme court how the supreme court and the honorable prime minister how they view hindut you know in in terms of governance of this great country of my great country because what is hindutva you know the supreme court has analyzed this in different context and perspectives so i am researching on that i hope this one the second the next one uh, the next one that is on the criminal justice system will be released in november and i hope for uh, the book on hindutva should be ready by then so it will go to the publishing house thereafter so we might see something in early 2023 these are indeed great topics and interesting ones with this wrap on this edition of the kj master class